Welcome to the New Life Digging Deeper podcast, where we take Sunday sermons a step further, giving you the opportunity to gain greater understanding and ultimately grow your relationship with Jesus. Welcome, everyone. We are so glad that you joined us on the Digging Deeper podcast. Yay. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Yay. I should have like dubbed in some like kids exciting. Yeah. It's a good day to be here listening to the Digging Deeper that's, podcast. That's beautiful exactly. day outside. I'm joined with a beautiful man, <laughs> Brian Wilmarth, everyone. I don't know what to say to that. I should start this over. This just got really weird. Okay. That's fine. No worries. It's good. It's good. My afternoon we can, coffee. We can let everybody listen to that. Good. Good. <laughs> All right, well, we'll dive right into the yes. message. This was our final week in the Pursuing Jesus yeah. series, and Brian talked about community, and more specifically, um, in Acts uh, 242 yeah. through yep. 47. 47. So mm-hmm. what was the big idea of this message? Yeah, we want to pursue Jesus uh, through his kind of community. So we are talking about pursuing Jesus just like these other practices, and, and particularly this message we really wanted to land on. What is the kind of community that he's building? And we want to highlight just a few of those key key marks and, and distinctives. So yeah, that's what this one was all about. Yeah. And so with Acts in that passage, you know, a lot of churches you hear like, oh, we're an Acts church or mm, yeah, that's what right. they want to go after. Yeah. Um, so what are some marks if I were to go ask someone about if they had a friend who went to New Life and asked them, "Hey, what mm. is, what what do you think New Life is like?" based on you know your neighbor who says that they go to New Life, yeah, you know what what's some attributes or traits or mm. marks um, that you would hope that they would say? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, some of the things that we talked about in the message, particularly generosity, rises quickly for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's easy for for us um, in our culture to be kind of self focused, self absorbed. Um, you know, and can we be generous with our money? Sure. But with our time, our attention, um, with the things that we have, with, um, our experience, can we just, can we be free to give? And that is, um, that's such a unique kind of thing. I think really like when you look at, um, people, even, even secular culture that they might give money or, but it always kind of feels not always, but sometimes feels like it's self-interested. Like that person is really just in it for themselves. They get their name on a, on a building or, you know, they, a plaque has something like it feels a little like that. Um, sometimes, but when you come across someone who just genuinely and Mm -hmm. authentically wants to give to you, Mm-hmm. Man, you just feel that, and I, I think that's yeah. one of those things. I love for our church to to be that kind of person, um, where we like when we give, people just are like, "Whoa, you really do mean this for me." Yeah. My guess is if you were to ask anyone, like, "Hey, who's what's something about the person in your life who looks the most like Christ?" For me, it's like selfless people. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that makes a lot of sense yeah. to me. Yeah, and maybe the, yeah, putting generosity, but selflessness. Like if you put that as a keyword, I think that's that's probably true. And again, our our culture, like social media, all this stuff is so like focused on me. Like look at yeah. all this. I put a video, and uh, you know, you even see memes and jokes about that. If we're the kind of people who like, no, we're we're just going to be so about the other person, mm-hmm. selfless, and and thinking about what's beneficial for them. Like that, man, that stands out. Yeah. Um, and, and we were talking a little bit before the podcast, but like listening, like 
we always just want to talk. We want to hear ourselves talk. Like that's mm-hmm. our human nature. We we just mm-hmm. want to. Blah, blah, blah. Can we pause and just listen to really actually listen to someone, not listen to respond and like get my word in, but actually hear what someone is saying. Um, can we be those kinds of people? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I ask that question just because we're talking about community. So you think of, oh, this is what our church community is. But, mm. you know, how do we then project that out to yes. our community yeah. <laughs> outside of here? Because um, mm. it doesn't end. Correct. Just like for the sake of having you yeah. know, Jesus in our community. Like yeah. we want to then actually share that gospel and yeah. share it with others. And how does that permeate beyond these walls? Is Yep. Um, yeah, and good. that's one thing um, I didn't really get into too deeply. We kind of touched on it very briefly, but um, why do we do all this, or why do we want this kind of community? Um, and one answer to that is for the sake of spreading the gospel and 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 being uh, a light to our world. Uh, we don't build this kind of community just for our own sake. It's mm-hmm. not just for us. Like, oh, hey, we're we've got a healthy community, and isn't that great for me? It is, it is absolutely meant to be a light and a beacon and, and a projected outward like you're talking. Um, when someone sees it, they're like, I want to know more about that. That is, that is at the heart of why we do it too. It's not just for us kind of living in that selfishness, mm-hmm. but selflessly thinking like, how can I, um, how can I push mm-hmm. this towards someone else and let them experience the goodness of God in this way? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, one of my favorite parts of the message is <laughs> like at the beginning of the message you talked about in the beginning, like, yeah, it, you yeah. know, it wasn't good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. So like that was, you're kind of setting up that community. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was intriguing to me just to kind of think about how like temptation didn't arise until there was two people, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Sure>. like, <laughs> so like okay, there, yeah. there's, you know, there's the messiness of it. Uh, yeah. Genesis three, six and seven says, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate some. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he uh-huh. ate it. Then they're both, uh, then both of their eyes um, were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed um, fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Yeah. Um, how do we handle the messiness of community? You know what I mean? Like, because yes. yeah. yeah, we want to engage with these things. And mm-hmm. I'm sure some people in the congregation are like, oh man, remember that one time when so and so this happened and yes. whatever group or yeah. like, that's not a good reason to not engage in community, sure, sure, right? Sure. Yeah. But the, the fact is that sometimes you're going to get pulled into stuff mm-hmm. that isn't, that's super healthy at times. Right. Yes. And how do we deal with that? Yeah. And um, I, I'll share like personally. I need a perfect answer. I know. Too. Right, right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, yeah, right. <laughs> I better go to the other podcast yeah. then, right? <laughs> um, so as I as I think about hearing that question and um, I, my, my personal experience, I think I've had a lot of positive group experiences like Overall, mm-hmm. it's pretty like heavy that side. Yeah, that's and um, I, I've seen a lot of good, but I have seen the challenges. And, and personally, like in a group that I've been a part of, but as a pastor and a group's pastor at my last church, I saw a lot of the the junk kind of secondhand too. Um, and I know uh, there's a, a number of people who have had bad group experiences, a bad church experience. Like they've seen the very dark side of community. Um, and that can be, it can be devastating. It can be so hard, like walking through 
those kinds of challenges are, are some of, are some of the hardest. And so I just I say that to name name the reality of it. Um, and I think that is when it's when we get these dark moments. That's when we can see the gospel at its mm-hmm. best. I it's not going to be perfect and and human beings we're going to hurt each other and we're going to hurt each other in like severe and drastic ways and and that's we, we lament that we don't want that to be true but it happens and it's in that moment i think the grace of god is all the more potent mm-hmm. and powerful for us um we we were in uh, the darkest of relationships with our lord you know we mm-hmm. we we were were sinners who rejected him and and were like completely severed from the garden and, and, and being in his presence, like those kinds of things. Like, and what did he do? He died for us. Like he gave his life up and he made the way possible to restore that completely and fully, Mm -hmm. not just like, Oh, we're, we're, we'll, we'll figure that's okay. Like he actually made it right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's in these moments when we face that in community, we can practice the gospel. Mm Mm-hmm. We can learn to forgive, even though that's going to be hard. And sometimes it takes a while, and that's okay. But we can learn to forgive. We can learn to work through the challenge and, and say, okay, this is what hurt. This is what was hard. And like, let's not try to shy away from it. Let's mm-hmm. name it. And then let's figure out how do we work towards a healthier version of this together. And all the while, the Holy Spirit is moving and working. Yeah. And he's bringing about these realities. So... Um, that's a little bit of an abstract answer, but to say, like, I think what I hope people are hearing is that this is a moment where the gospel can become real. Yeah. And we learn to forgive 70 times seven, you yeah. know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's my, I don't know, that's my my thought as I hear you narrate that. Like, it's the gospel and it's yeah. the power of forgiveness and grace that really empowers that. It is striking to me that... It's challenging, I think, to see God work in isolation. Mm. Like, obviously, yeah. like you have the presence of the Lord, and like that's working sure. in your life. Yeah. But there's just something that's so worth it of even the bad pieces of being in a group that's just like, mm-hmm. how? But then God, you know, like yeah. you have these really hard situations that are really oh. challenging and struggling. But then God, you see this thing happen in that person's life, and how much does that grow us yeah. in our faith? Just seeing how God is working in other people's life Amen. versus you know just yourself and yes, it's it's more than one dimensional kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And that I hadn't even thought of that, but that's that's so good. Um, yeah, community it brings that multidimensional kind of thing. So like we're, we're in relationships with other people and maybe it has nothing to do with someone's story. Like we're not a part of it at all, but we get to hear it. Mm-hmm. And wow, look at how God showed up and worked in that way and how encouraging that is. And then you take that and it is your story. Like maybe that person, you and that person are having the, the challenge or whatever. And then you get to the end of it and God worked through it. That's not always going to be true, but you get to that moment. It's like, whoa, we shared that together. And how powerful that is to not just be in isolation, like you said. It's not just one person and, and by themselves, but it's a shared thing. Multiple people get to benefit from that. Like, ooh, there's a richness that comes with that. That's really cool. I hadn't I hadn't thought about that. That's really awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. Yeah. It can be scary to think about. 
Yeah. I often, you know, what do they say? Like 90% of the things we worry about never actually happen. You know? <laughs> yeah, something like that. But it's just, it's, it's inconvenient. Yep. It's inconvenient. Yep. Like that's, Absolutely. that's fine to say and to name for yourself. But like, are we supposed to live by what's always convenient? There it is. Yeah. Right. And, and but we, we, yeah, we're, we're so trained in that. We want the easy <laughs> three-step approach of like, how do I get there in microwave fashion? Like yeah. we, we want the easy road. And that's human nature. Like it's so embedded into us. Well, that's what but, we live in in ministry. And yeah. if you, if you're listening, this is this balance constantly of like, how do we meet people where they're at and make it convenient from them for mm. them, but also not at the at the expense of recognizing like we need to prioritize our relationship with Christ. And if that means yeah. we have to change some other things around in our lives, like yeah, we're not right. doing anyone a favor by constantly just making it the most convenient thing it possibly exactly could be. Exactly right. Yeah. So, there there needs to be that that push forward, that challenge, like let's get out of our comfort zone. Yeah. Um and, and I'm convinced that that's where we grow best. It's that cross over that threshold, Absolutely. be in that little bit of uncomfortable, and oh man, that's where the Lord can really expand. Because what happens is your comfort zone expands. Yeah, like you you grow to the point where it's like, oh, ten years ago this thing bothered me, but now it doesn't because I grew. Yeah, and and well, that you, that's the good work. And you become less in that moment because you, you don't oh, know yeah. how to function in that space, so you have to rely on something yeah. else but yourself. And yes, it's cool how that works. Yeah. Anyways, wow, we're we're preaching today. <laughs> we're moving along. Yeah, that's right. We're gonna um, take up a collection here. <laughs> I wanted to speak briefly on when you're talking about like sharing and taking care of each other. I mm, thought that was yep. really fascinating. Yep. I'm um, just recognizing like, cool, who's gonna take care of me? Like mm-hmm. it's a trust thing, you know, and yes. you have to you have to trust. Yep. But I was thinking about it's really challenging to live in that balance it fully. Is. And I was kind of named out these three different groups. It's like okay. you have one group who gives love really well but struggles with receiving it. So mm-hmm. like rece- mm-hmm. giving help versus receiving help. Yep. And then there's other people who are like, I'm not going to give it, but I'm also not really interested in it either. Uh, you know, yeah. like this yep. kind of community or yep. helping either way. Yep. Yep. But then you also have the people who are like, I love getting it. Yeah. But, but I won't give it. Yeah. But I yeah. won't give it. So like maybe mm-hmm. if you're listening, mm-hmm. you find yourself, maybe you're not perfectly in those three spots, but I think we often all kind of, I mean, I would narrate for me, uh, I have a buddy. He's always like, well, I don't want to owe you something like just joking. <laughs> he jokes about it yeah, all the time, yeah. but he's serious in the sense yeah. of like, yeah, I want to help. But the moment you help me, then I feel like I owe you something, mm-hmm. you know? And sometimes I can kind of function in that yep. space a yep. bit. So what would you kind of say to those groups? Yeah, I guess? that's good. That's good. We do get a little squeamish in that. Like, Oh, I owe you something. I have to repay it. Cause I don't want to be in debt. You know, like, yeah, so I I think the that first group, the, those who are so free to give love but don't want to receive it, uh, and I think I, that was the right order, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of times there's a um, there's a, a codependency that can be with that sometimes, mm-hmm. or or um, a, an idea or a posture like, oh, I I'm not worthy, or or it's not about me, like that that pseudo humility kind of thing. And really what that is, I think, is sometimes an, uh, a protective, like, I don't, I'm, I don't need to be loved or I'm not going to receive it. So, Because if I open myself up to it and it doesn't go the way I expect, then I feel more let down. So this feels safer or, or more predictable. I'll give it, but I don't want to receive it because that'll, that'll push on this, this threatening, insecure kind of thing that, that sometimes it is. And I'm probably 
painting painting with a too large of a brush uh, brushstroke here, but um, there's something about that we're just unwilling to open ourselves up because of some kind of insecurity and Mm -hmm. our value comes from being needed rather than needing and having someone meet that need. Mm -hmm. And so to those people, I would say, um, you are, you are fully loved already, not by what you do, not by how much love you're giving. Like it is not in what you give that determines your value. Mm -hmm. It's just already there. Yeah. Christ already did that. Yep. Amen. And, and probably in each one of these three groups, it's going to come back to the cross. It's going to come back <laughs> sure. to Christ and like that. But y- you you are already loved. Like I think that's the message, mm-hmm. no matter what you do or don't do. Mm-hmm. And because that's true, you can take that that defense down. Mm-hmm. You can let go because it's already there. It's, it's in its fullness in Christ. And so I think that's the first thing that I would say. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. The one who doesn't want to give or receive, um, maybe in a similar way, is kind of in a protective sort mm-hmm. of thing. I could see a few different kinds of things playing out here. Um, maybe it's that like I don't want to need anybody. I don't want to like have to depend. I don't want to be in debt. So like if I'm just good on my own, um, to that person, I'd, I'd want to say you are you are enough in the Lord. You're not enough on your own. You're enough in the Lord. And how you can experience that is in community. And and the encouragement I'd give to them is like, there's probably some kind of like um, hold back, some kind of like, oh, I've seen this happen. Like maybe it's um, some kind of bad experience or whatever. That is not the, always the story. Like when we come to Christ, when we come to Jesus and, and let him really like open us up, we're going to discover there's so much more um, when we have others. Mm-hmm. If we're just, you know, I'm good with me and, and I don't need anybody else, like, sure, you might feel like that gets you far enough down the road, but there's so much more that you can have. And it's found in Christ. And when we open ourselves up to others, mm-hmm. we get to experience that. Then the final group, um, those who <laughs> want to just keep receiving and, and not give, um, would you get into that and ask the uh, the family who took more than <laughs> yeah right yeah Ananias from yeah. Sapphira we gotta cut that off right <laughs> yeah so in Acts chapter five right after the little chunk in chapter four there's a family who uh, held back <laughs> and and it didn't end well for them uh, <laughs> it ended it, it, it ended. ended that's right it, it ended oh, uh, and maybe there is a bit of that challenge like to that that person like and oftentimes I've noticed that these people. It's not that full on like, oh, I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm just, there's a lack of awareness sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so a little bit of that compassion to say, I don't think they fully realize that they're just taking and not not giving. Um, So kind of wake up a little bit. And and I think sometimes that's what Jesus was doing by his more controversial statements. Like the Pharisees, like, wake up, you're blind guides. And, you know, I think he was trying to, to help them see. Um, and so there might be a little bit of that challenge that comes, but I think also it is, um, uh, I'll call like a scarcity mindset mm-hmm. often in play. Like I need to keep taking, I need to keep having, mm-hmm. cause I don't know if I'm going to have enough. Mm-hmm. And the thing about God is he gives us more than enough. Maybe not always what we expect or we think yeah. we want or should have, yeah. but he gives us 
more than of what we need. He gives an abundance of what we need and he will never run out. Mm -hmm. And so we don't have to keep taking and, and collecting for ourselves. Like we can be set free and trust that there is going to be enough when we give. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's the kind of like recast of a vision I'd want for those people. Like mm-hmm. it's not just I have to take so that I have enough. Again, making that assumption. When we let go and we give, there's actually an abundance that we'll discover in the Lord. So I don't know. Those are a couple of. No, that's great. Yeah. It, I mean, we point, I don't want to get too far off track, but. Sure. Um, what strikes me, yeah, I'm saying things like you all the time now. <laughs> I'm rubbing you know, off. What strikes it's working. me, <laughs> to be fair, that's something you say all the time. I do. I say that all the time. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, um, all three of these groups kind of are when in the unhealthy aspect is about control too. Cause like yes, yes. I get to control how much I yes. give and I can control how much I receive yep. and I can control that. I don't take anything uh-huh. or give anything. I can yep. control that. I just receive and don't give. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, it, it's kind of fascinating. It's, it is awesome to imagine like, as you grow in this character of the Lord, how you can just balance what is God's best in situations mm-hmm. for yourself and then not feel the shame and the guilt of my doing too much, you know, because you're just following, mm-hmm. you know, what you should be in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that, I think you're right on that, that word control. It can, it can manifest in a variety of ways. And we might not immediately say, cause we can see like someone clearly like trying to dominate or like, okay, that's control. But the person who's manipulating or, or more kind of sitting back is still trying to operate yeah. in another version of control. And I think you're right. All three are trying to pull some kind of control lever and the solution is surrender, which is scary. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the bad news is like, what can you actually control? Absolutely nothing. Right. But the good news is like the Lord is in control of all things. That's right. Right. Yeah. And he, and he freely gives like, especially that last group, like he's not holding back. And that was one of the, you know, we mentioned the temptation here. That's one of the things that the serpent was doing. He was causing Adam and Eve to second guess. Like, Mm. is God holding out on me? He's like, yeah, he he knows if you eat this, you're going to be like him. And and God's like, you're already like me. I made you in my image and I'm giving freely. I'm I'm giving out of abundance, but he caused them to question that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Yeah. so we, 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 we want to, we want to control. We Mm want to try to manage that way. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, Just moving on here, I guess. Uh, How have you felt? You know, in the past, I feel like you do a good job of community a little bit. <laughs> sure. But um, a little bit. how did you feel encouraged just through reading Acts and thinking mm. through our church and yeah. or like for you and your experience in community? Mm-hmm. Um, this is a question that we're asking small groups this week. And yes. It might be interesting for people to maybe hear what you have to say yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's so. This is my first senior pastor position. I've been a pastor for a while, but this is my first like lead role, and um, it's the first opportunity that I I get to um, like respond to what the Lord has put on my heart, and you know how He's crafted me and and leading a church forward. And and one of those key things that I think has been really shaping for me, as I've shared, is community, is discipleship, is these these kinds of relationships. Stepping into that and really trying to discern what the Lord is asking me to do for our church and lead mm-hmm. in, in this way. And 
being able to do it. It's really fun. It's really cool to have that opportunity. Our church is so hungry. Like as I've been kind of offering this and even teasing a little bit, just kind of saying, okay, what God are you trying to do here? And just kind of putting some things out there, or just test something or whatever. I have been struck by how over and over again, overall, our church is, is hungry. Like we want to go after these kinds of things. And there have been moments where, um, you know, we as a staff were you know, trying to work on something or, or just putting some things in place. You know, we've got the life group push recently. Um, it was amazing to watch just how God was bringing things together. Mm-hmm. And like people were like, here, I, I know this person or like just all these connections. And so what I've been so encouraged thinking about the kind of community that acts is kind of pointing to thinking about what our church, you know, wants to go after. We're already doing so much of it and yeah. we want to keep going. So yeah, I'll just say, you know, church, those of you who actually attend our church, part of our community, we're, we're, we're going after it. Mm-hmm. And I see the, the good soil ready to produce yeah. a fruit. Absolutely. Amen, man. That's yeah. great. And it's been cool from, you know, our perspective. And I'm sure if you're going to church here too, like you've been seeing it, the fruit of it, but mm-hmm. just how God has been pushing us in different ways and opening certain doors and pivoting yeah. in different directions. Yeah. And now you're kind of like, okay, we're, you start to see, you know, yes. you can see yeah. the vision and it's just so exciting. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited about this community as well. Me and yeah. Killer just so thankful to be here and we just love everyone. It's it's, yeah. a, it's a ton of fun here. And yeah. on top of that, it's just like, I'm growing um, mm-hmm. just in leadership and, you yeah. know, being able to teach. And yeah, it's just been such a cool thing to see how God's working and hearing the stories too. And people are, yeah, thirsty. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, and that as a pastor, um, that's just so <laughs> encouraging. <laughs> like, oh yes. man. Yes. So way to go, church. Yeah. Way to go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're encouraging your 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 staff, your pastors. It's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Man, let's just end it on that. We don't even yeah. need to talk about next week. No worries. Like, no, yep, yep, no, we're yep. starting a series in Daniel. Yes. Yeah. So we're gonna be looking at the narratives of Daniel. Um yeah, and this this was your idea. From so we go on a preaching team retreat each year, and um, you know talk about what what do you feel like God's trying to do and lead us in this next year, and and then how does that uh, help us figure out what we should teach on and preach on? And this was one of your ideas that you brought to the table, like, hey, what about Daniel? And it was just kind of interesting, like, ah, oh, hadn't thought of that, and and I just felt a quick resonance, like. This would be a good book for us to just walk mm-hmm. through, and yeah. Um, and for people listening, we're kind of balancing like, okay, we'll mm-hmm. have a few topical sermon series in the year, mm-hmm. but we want to make sure we're really in the, you know, in doing in a book, book study. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we were kind of balancing that, and this was one of the books yes. that we were choosing. So, yep, yep, yeah, yeah. So I'm excited. We're we're digging into like kind of the overall direction of the series and and learning from the texts, and the, I mean these are great stories. So. Um, yeah, so next week we'll start with Daniel one, and um, you know, often you, you you probably hear of like the Daniel plan, Daniel dining plan, or whatever, like this sort of thing. And and when we look at that and what he did, like there's so much more richness to it than that. Mm-hmm. So I'll just tease a little bit. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of good that we see represented in in Daniel's approach. Uh, in his context, like what was happening at the time. Yeah, like absolutely. oh man, there's so much good stuff there. So 
and yeah. my my plug here too is like be here for all four weeks of it too. Yeah, like we have yeah, a family yeah. Sunday in there, yeah, and right. so it's going to be a quick sermon series. Mm-hmm. But to mm-hmm. kind of see it all connect, like yeah, yeah, do your best to be here. Um, yeah, it's yeah. going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. Well, we will catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening. See ya.